This is Associate Dean Phil Powell from the Kelly School of Business at Indiana University. And we have the distinct and honorable pleasure of a very special guest today, Governor Holcomb of the great state of Indiana. Governor, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the ROI podcast. Great to be with you, Phil. We're here today to talk about this burgeoning high-tech explosion. In some ways, this renaissance that we are seeing around the state, especially in the Indianapolis region. Here in the Circle City, I'm running into more and more people that have relocated from Silicon Valley. One question I want to lead here with is high-tech. Why all of a sudden? Why here? Why now? Well, Indianapolis is a sticky place, meaning that once you get here, you, you, you fall in love with it. And it's for a number of different reasons. It didn't happen overnight. We've been ushering in this renaissance fairly methodically uh, over the years, and not just in my time being associated with state government. Um, but certainly it, we've seen it take off or launch. But the state of Indiana, when I think about it, we're, we've always been the state that makes uh, and grows things. Um, now we're just like the rest of the global economy. We find ourselves competing in an innovative economy, folks who embrace the future, folks that understand the scale and the pace of change is unprecedented. And if you either set out to make that your ally or it will be your adversary, you will be left behind. And obviously part of our DNA here in Indianapolis, we're here in the month of May celebrating not just high tech, but we're also celebrating racing. And I look at uh, those drivers on that track every year, tweaking and changing something that will give them one more nanosecond of an unfair competitive advantage. And uh, those, those folks like the state of Indiana uh, who seek to integrate all the technological changes that are coming our way, the way we live our lives, the way we eat, the way we build, um, that's really set us apart, that aspirational, how do we take it to the next level? And when you think again about being here in the state of Indiana, number one per capita in the, in the country in terms of manufacturing, it's always the what's next that's the most important. And um, we have sought to, through partnerships, the state government, we have sought to set the table, make this a, a very uh, attractive place to not just invest, but to grow. Um, and what I mean by setting the table is um, we are, we are uh, a luring place in terms of our tax climate, in terms of our regulatory climate, very predictable. Um, we, we provide that certainty. Folks know that uh, it's a sound investment, that we're here to stay, that our relationship um, is, is, or that bond means something. We're not transient in our relationships, whether it's with one another here or around the world. Um, and so setting that table gets, gets folks in the door. And then what comes from that, those relationships that we build, um, has really led us to this place of prominence in terms of being a hub in the American market. I always talk about, um, you know, we're right in the center of it all. We're right in the middle of the country, the heart of the heartland. We're not the coast or the fringe, but we're right in the middle, connected um, to all, all places, coast to coast. When I talk to the high-tech companies here in Indianapolis, you would think that their biggest barriers to growth are money or technology, but it's actually people. One of the signature efforts of your administration in this last legislative session was to take a first step in looking at a complete revision of how the state attacks the issue of workforce. If you think of the high-tech sector, 
probably the one that creates the most value, can grow the fastest, and has the highest paying jobs. Can you briefly give us your three-year vision on the workforce side? And how do you see high tech specifically benefiting us? And what are some of the changes that target that sector? Benefiting maybe the most in terms of, you know, when you think about the boxes you have to check to compete and win in the global marketplace, of course you have to check the economy box. You have to make sure you're um, a sound place to invest. Of course you have to have the infrastructure in place to connect with all places around the world and around the country and to one another. That could That's broadband internet, that's roads and bridges, that's water ports, airports, all the above. How you connect and communicate with one another. But the box that's the most important, that your greatest asset is people, your talent. And when we assessed the state of Indiana, a state of 6.6 million, um, we've been acting out of, you know, uh, the law of necessity, meaning that we used to be, I, I talked about it being the strength being in the middle of it all, that used to be thought of as flyover country. We've made it unaffordable to fly over Indiana. Um, so we check, that, we check that box. What we have to do is make sure that our talent is being groomed to get from that, maybe that bottom rung to the middle and have that upward mobility. And to do that, you have to connect, again, people with the resources or the skills to move up. We're, we live in a target-rich environment for this, by the way. That's the good news, bad news of it all. We have 27,000 Hoosiers in our prison system. We have 475,000 Hoosiers um, who don't have a high school diploma or the equivalency of one. We have 700-plus thousand Hoosiers who started college and then quit. That's already over a million people right there that we can if we scale them up personally, if we scale them up, then our companies will scale up as well. And so what we've done is, I earlier as you alluded to, set out to eliminate kind of the middle bureaucratic um, territory where um, fortunately the state of Indiana, because of our economic um, position, we have the resources. It's how do we get them to people? How do we get them to employees? and employers. How do we connect those two? And um, so we've sought to get ourselves out of the way, but get the resources to the people. And we've said, okay, there's five growing sectors um, in the state of Indiana, high wage, high demand jobs waiting. We know of exactly where 93,000 of them are. I mean, we live in this world where we have uh, the, the same number of unemployed people as unfilled jobs in the country. True here in the state of Indiana, 93,000 unfilled jobs where we know where the address is. Now do we know the address of a person who can fill that job? Then what do we do to get that person skilled up to fill that job? Again, we have the resources to do that. So we've said, if you're willing to put in the time, just the time, the state of Indiana is willing to put in the money to get you that credential or that badge or that certificate to, to double or triple your salary. and. IT is a central part of it all. In fact, maybe the most important uh, because as we watch companies, whether they're in central Indiana, an urban area, or a rural area, think about, I, I constantly, I don't lose sleep over data and demographics, but it, it does keep me up late at night thinking about in 1900, 13% of the world's population lived in an urban area. Today, 56% live in an urban area in a city. By 2050, if we stay on this current you know, trajectory or trend, it'll be 70% in a city. So what does that mean to the rural parts of our 
state or the rural parts of our country? How do we connect? How do we keep those areas vibrant? It is the education and skilling up. It's having those resources personally to meet those jobs that artificial intelligence hasn't even told us what they're going to be in 10 years. And so we have to respond to that. In addition to the 700,000 baby boomers in the state of Indiana that will retire, how do we fill those jobs? And so matching those million that are there right now with the million uh, jobs that we'll have to fill over the next decade, not to mention all the other um, jobs that will be created, again, that we don't know of what they are right now, but folks who are in kindergarten, first grade, we better be prepared to skill them up lifelong. So I'm an economist, and if you look at the region, you think that this talent thing could be a real bottleneck, and that reversing it can take a long time. Obviously, emphasis is bullish on Indiana, and you were part of this great announcement of this new training center that they want to open at the old airport site. Tell us about this deal, getting there, and what you were hearing from emphasis about their perceptions of their opportunities here in the state of Indiana. Well, you know, and, and they represent exactly um, the, the other area that we need to improve on, and that is attracting talent from outside of our state borders, be it other states or other countries. Emphasis is doing that right now, uh, bringing folks in, hiring folks, not just from our world-class. There's, I mean, Indiana is second to none in terms of our world-class university, private and public colleges, um, network. And so we have those direct pipelines, but they're, they're employing folks from all over the world, all over the country. Um, this, was, this was something that um, started with a series of questions, our relationship with emphasis, in terms of, you know, that's, it's often said that the world is run by those who show up. Like, you got to show up. And then shortly thereafter, you got to back it up. And so we were quick to get over to India and say, introduce ourselves, share the Indiana success story, um, and, and say, you know, I know in the Midwest we're known for our modesty, but we're also a very proud lot. And we want to share our story and, and talk about how we can grow together, your company. And when you look at the American market or the North American market, um, we think that we offer you the best uh, opportunity to scale up and grow yourselves. It's not just location, 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 being in the center of it all. We also offer this room to grow. Very important to companies who are looking to scale up as compared to some of our friendly competition, right, surrounding us. And so we really pop off the map in terms of having that room to grow Emphasis saw that. They saw our talent pipelines. They saw the room to grow. We developed relationships. We constantly sought to cultivate. We asked the questions, why not Indiana? Why not Indianapolis? Look at what we have to offer. Look at, look at what our relationship uh, mutually means for both of us as we, as we together um, seek to determine what our destinies will be. And so uh, it was really a match made in heaven when it comes right down to it because we both said we're embracing the future challenges as opportunities to solve problems, to improve quality of place, to improve quality of life. We'll do that through technology or else we'll be left behind. The recent announcement from Emphasis means that there is a high return on investment of spending your time abroad. I know that you've been clocking a lot of miles here recently. 
Talk about your goals as you travel and go to places and go to countries that perhaps other governors have not visited. And if you can, bring that back to how that will help, either directly or indirectly, the high-tech sector here in Indiana. You know, I, I talk a lot about Indiana as the state of pioneers, and um, that, that is not looking back. That is looking into new frontiers, and not just exploring, but developing those new frontiers. And so, again, you have to, you have to show up first. Um, you, you, you can't negotiate every deal from standing on Hoosier soil. It works both ways. It has to be a win-win relationship. And uh, in terms of exploring new territory, the world gets smaller and smaller and smaller by the day. Time goes faster and faster and faster. And the quicker we can get to solving problems, we're not left with any of the easy problems to solve, by the way. They're the hardest of all. But fortunately, because we can partner, you can, you can build a product in Indiana using research and development from Melbourne, um, tapping into the latest and greatest from New Delhi, all at the same time. I mean, real time. You can be interconnected um, and, and producing products right here in the state of Indiana. And that's, that's an exciting, um, exciting endeavor in terms of that business-to-business -business relationship. It's also, I, I call it G-to-G, government-to-government, not just business-to-business, -business, but government-to-government. So marrying two places of, of, um, that have a mutual goal but offer that certainty and offer that predictability and, and, um, and, and, and then in addition to that, people-to-people. -people. So we also seek in every trip I go to, whether it's Budapest or, or Bangalore, um, we seek to foster um, cultural exchanges as well. And, and the latest is I just returned from uh, Jerusalem and, um, and we, we um, extended the invitation to, to bring back some um, antiquities, some artifacts uh, here to the state of Indiana that otherwise had I not gone and, and um, been invited to uh, come inside the Rockefeller Museum and, and see where the, the, the very uh, facility that housed the Dead Sea Scrolls, we, we wouldn't have that opportunity. Or invite folks um, from Israel, a country that's 60% desert, a quarter of the size of the state of Indiana. Uh, invite some of their um, um, elementary and high school students to come over and, uh, and, and work with our FFA, our Future Farmers of America. 67,000 will descend on the state of Indiana for nine years straight, um, and then hopefully beyond that. But, but integrating our two, this innovation nation, Israel, the, one of the powerhouses in the world with one of the powerhouses in terms of production and manufacturing, Indiana. They're one quarter the size of the state of Indiana. And again, 60%, we're 83% we're farm and forest. What happens when you marry those two? You know, good things come, but you have to show up first and foremost, and then you have to agree on what is it exactly we want to accomplish here. And it always comes down to what comes out of it at the end of the day. Are we improving quality of life? Are we in, are we improving for both of us quality of place? And and those are the partners I want to do business with. Obviously, a lot of our listeners are earlier in their career, maybe thinking about an MBA. They may live in Indianapolis and love the new scene here, the new opportunities that are coming from other places. As governor of this great state, what is some advice or a message 
that you'd like to leave for the rest of us? Well, that's that's the close right there. I love I love the final pitch. It's it's um, not just dream big, but go big. I mean, we we take the state of Indiana global, and and we don't just think inside our own border or our own municipality. The lines we we. In fact, we ignore the lines, to be quite frank. Um, and, and so I would say think big, go big. Indiana wants you to do it here. You can do it here, and I think faster and bigger than, uh, than anywhere that I compete with. Uh, never settle. It's, 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 it's thinking big that will get us to those final solutions faster. And, and get engaged now. And what I mean by that is... As you're learning, um, also be doing, um, applying that education or that training or that retraining. And so that you're, the, the passport that you hold of life, when you're going from place to place or experience to experience, how is it building on top of each other? And then making sure that... Uh, at the at the end of the day, that transition isn't abrupt because you that it's just seamless. That transition, it's one constant uh, improvement of not just your life but everything you touch. 